When ChatGTP was introduced in November 2022, the words on everyone's lips were there goes all the copywriting, content writing and journalism jobs. Yet the reality is the technology will not replace the human factor required to immerse yourself in the product, the emotion required to convey that special something or be exact in the editing process. What it did do is highlight how generic writing can be and that great writing is imperative to bring out the strengths of corporate copy. Today we're going to talk about why real estate agents need, more than ever, to have a consistent message and style in their copywriting that makes them stand out from the crowd. You're listening to Real Estate Bright. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. When you bring Property Mavens on your real estate journey, you know that it will be the best decision you have made to buy or sell property. Property Mavens has your best interests at heart. We are a leading team of negotiators, empowering you with the right knowledge and detailed analysis of the market, as well as the properties you are looking to buy, so you can make an informed decision to negotiate with confidence. Go to propertymavens.com.au to find out more. Sue Langeter is a notable Melbourne-based real estate copywriter, writing copy for Melbourne property since 1998, and she's recognised as one of the top 10 Australian copywriters to watch in 2021. Sue has a passion for property, architecture, and local history, always striving to find the points of difference that make each house a home. I'm Miriam Sandcooler. As a special guest host of Real Estate Right, get the privilege of interviewing Sue to find out why it's important for agents to have a consistent corporate image in their copywriting. Welcome, Sue. Hi, Miriam. Thanks for taking over the uh, guest host position today. How are you? I'm really good. How are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks. Excellent. So let's have a chat about um, this topic. Where are real estate agents getting it wrong when it comes to their copywriting? Okay, well, since the mid-1990s, copywriting was basically coming into the fall in some of the affluent areas of Melbourne as a profession. Most vendors will still ask me after the real estate agent wrote the copy, but um, yeah, it's starting to slowly move towards the you know growth corridors, and we we do get to see them um, because there are so many, unfortunately, to say cookie cutter kind of style homes out there that they just really want their point of difference to put put across. You know, we're lucky enough to see some of these most beautiful homes in Melbourne as well as some fun unrenovated things which you just like oh a bomb should go over and go with this one but yeah anyway um the reality is copywriting has become so intricate because we need different sizes for different pieces of media if it's the internet the board the brochure the social media um there's all these different things that are, are required for the job and really agents have got no chance of um having the time to do it. And so that's why they employ us to do it. What I find is that they are so strong in their sales copy, but their rental copy is their downfall. And the reality is their landlords are there with them for the you know entirety of, of, of their leases and all that sort of stuff. And they treat them so badly and they could do so much better with getting a consistent communication across their sales and their rental properties. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I think that they go wrong because they have different types of writing and different strengths where they've got 10 different property managers with different English strengths 
some are great with spelling, some don't have English as a first language and all that sort of stuff, and it, it, it pulls them down. Yeah, absolutely. And look, the fact of the matter is communication is key. Mm. So you want consistent communication across a brand. You want consistent communication from the sales side, and you want consistent communication when it comes to renting a property. And I've got multiple properties, and I never let one of my properties go to rent, uh, go to the market for rent without looking at the copywriting and making sure that they're actually selling it and pitching it in the best light. Because at the end of the day, whether you're selling a property or selling the concept of someone leasing a property, You've got to be able to articulate that really well. So, Sue, why don't rental departments use copywriters? Well, the main reason is because landlords um, don't want to spend the money. They look at it as their investment property is costing them too much money. And the reality is, you know, if we can grab that emotional connection with the tenants, we can get a better quality tenant. We can get a... Um, more affluent tenant who may actually spend a little bit more and offer a bit more because they love that emotion. We've got that emotional pull, pull on those heartstrings, really got them to love it like it's their own. And they're willing to pay that extra money. And guess what? The cost of the copywriting will be paid off in a couple of days of renting it to these people. And we can even get it done quicker, even though the rental market's really good at the moment. But, you know, guess what? We could get more money for it. And I've proven that already. Um, like I had a property, it was on the market for 360 a week. The agent was very reluctant to put it up to 410. We put it up there. The tenant decided it was too much, moved out. Within two months, we moved it up to 450 a week by pulling on those emotional strings. And two people applied for it, sight unseen, because they saw they had that emotional pull that they loved. Yeah, and that's it. And I come back to you are selling a lifestyle, even if you're selling a home or rent or leasing a home, it is a lifestyle that you're selling and you have to be able to communicate that to a prospective tenant. So why is it an investment when we have a vacancy rate of around 1% in Melbourne at the moment that's still viable to um, uh, landlords to invest in a good copywriter? It's an investment because... As it, it's something that you have for the rest of your investment's life. So you get it done once. If you need to re-rent it out in 12 months' time, you don't have to pay for it again. You, it's, it's an investment because we've picked up on those emotional journey of those prospective renters and we've attracted more people and you know we've, we've just driven that dollar up so that you can get more. Like I did a horrendous 35-square-metre apartment in the city and got them a thousand dollars a week insane that is insane that is like renting a studio a shoebox it's actually a hotel room 35 square meters is a hotel room you got a thousand dollars a week for a hotel room is insane and that's the sort of thing like i've got one agent that i do rental property for and every single time he advertises for a for a certain price hoping to get it and guess what he always gets offered more Wow, that's amazing. His landlords must love him. They do. They really do. (laughs) He must love you. He does. He's just uh, asked me to do work for his Adelaide um, property manager. So mm. Perfect. That's what you want to hear. So in the scheme of the market nationally, where where does Melbourne's rental market sit in the Australian rental uh, market overall? Well, that's the scary thing. Renting a property in Melbourne is actually the cheapest in every single state in this country. You know, a house rental is a, um, averaging around 440 a week on average. 
you go to Sydney, it's over 500. If you go to Canberra, it's like over 600. Why is Melbourne's rental market so low and we've had it so low for so long? You know, the reality is we should almost be comparing our rental prices with mortgage prices because that's that's kind of where we're at. And mortgages are now sort of three, $4,000 a month, but yet people are pay, still paying under 2000 Basically, property managers are stuck in a, a turn-of-the-century mindset. Personal experience. In 1996 to 2000, I rented a large two-bedroom apartment in Oakley for $125 a week. Then the market jumped as interest rates went up. In 2007, uh, I rented a four-bedroom house in Cheltenham for five fifty a week. Um, again, interest rates started coming down. Uh, so then I rented a three-bedroom apartment in Sandringham for four forty a week in 2016 and 18, when it should have been in the vicinity of six to $700 per week. Rental prices got stuck for about 12 years as interest rates went down to record lows. But other states essentially moved them up, but Melbourne didn't. Who knows why? But yeah, now investors are uh, hurting with the interest rates going up and and they're wondering why their properties are so low. Yeah, look, I think that's a combination of a number of factors. It can be supply and demand. Obviously, if supply is higher than demand, then you're not going to get significant increases in price. But like having an exceptional salesperson or an exceptional buyer's advocate, you want an exceptional property manager. You don't want someone who's just going to sit there and put out fires and deal with shit as it happens. You want someone who's proactively going to be looking at your property, looking at the market and making recommendations around increasing the rent. So look, there are some landlords who are a bit older, they don't need the money, they've had a good tenant there for the long term, they want to look after each other, you know, they always report issues that need to be repaired or they do repairs. So there's a win-win relationship there. Um, So they're hesitant to significantly increase the rent in some instances. Uh, And there are others who just don't know the market value, you know, and and they're reliant on a professional uh, property manager to educate and inform them to adjust the rent accordingly. And I just went through that process recently uh, with one of my properties. It was a case of needing to lift the rent, but also not blowing it out of the market and also being fair and reasonable to a degree. You know, I'm not there to not so much rip people off, but I'm there to provide accommodation to people. And if I've got really good tenants that will look after the place or look after the garden and and they get along with the neighbour who's in the studio (laughs) under the same roof um, but lives independently, well, then that's a win-win for me. So it's really about the right property manager with the right skill set, the right copywriting to get the right amount of rent. Yeah, and it's all those sort of factors. But, you know, when you find a property manager, it's also about how much experience have they actually personally had understanding the whole process of it all? And a lot of them don't. A lot of them are, you know, 20-somethings who are, you know, it's a a job in real estate, yay. Um, And they don't understand the repercussions of of what investing is actually all about. So Yeah, and some of that comes down to training within the office. I mean, there are there are property management only specific businesses where that's all they do, that's their area of expertise. Then there are selling agencies who tack it on to make a bit of money on the side. They do cheap fees, they have um, they're inadequately staffed, they've got portfolios that are too big to be managed and the level of service isn't great. And then there are those who recognise that it is a business, it is valuable, they charge the appropriate and they train the staff. So now there are property management coaches out there who are helping to try and bring the level up of the standard of um, education of property managers and making sure that they're meeting compliance as well as 
you know, managing landlords, managing tenants. And to be fair, the better the calibre of the property, the better the calibre of tenant you're going to get. Um, and then hopefully it's a lot easier for both parties in that transaction or, or that arrangement to, um, you know, rent without any hassles. But yeah, if you've got properties that are lacking or leaking or landlords that aren't doing the right thing, now we know we've got minimum standards that have come in and changed that and booted some of them out of the the market in terms of agents won't deal with them. But um, yeah, it's a it's a broader thing sometimes that relies on the industry to upskill people just so that they've got a better understanding. So, Sue, tell me, are you doing any rental copy at the moment? Yes. um, As I said, I've got this one client who I do a lot of his work and we we make, um, you know, some good good, uh, increases in rent with some of those. Um, And he's also got a lot of his clients, I guess, who also run other sort of property development companies to to use my services. Sometimes those properties are not just a standard rental. They're actually looking at the whole property and working out other ways that we can minimise the concern with the rental crisis. So sometimes turning them into rooming houses or turning them into Airbnbs um, for the short-term needs of Immigration, yes. Sometimes what we're we're doing is it's coming out with alternatives for that landlord to maximise what they could get, but also um, help the rental crisis. Yeah, and look, you can argue it both ways. Airbnbs are taking out properties that could house someone permanently and and more affordably. And and look, there's absolutely risk that comes with the Airbnb concept. People need to understand that. With short-term situations, there's a possibility of damage, there's a possibility of theft. Yes, you might have insurance, but there's the hassle that comes with it. And for some people, that can be a traumatic experience and there may not be any recourse because you can't necessarily... you don't necessarily have evidence of what's happened and who's done it and when it's happened unless you're constantly looking at that property and following up a week after week. So, you know, pros and cons of each. Yeah, Yeah, um, so I totally get that. I guess the the concept with what this particular agent does Mm -hmm. is that it's more to help with this immigration thing. So they're not talking about weekend stays and and parties and all that stuff. We're talking about people and they're qualified um, because they they don't come off the plane with furniture. So they need to look for furnished places and this is where the Airbnb short term then turns into a rooming house which is a little bit longer and then if they start, once they start making friends and, and creating families or whatever, that they go to the next stage. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, they might move into the place for two or three months at a time whilst they're settling in, finding their feet, getting a job, you know, potentially then getting the, the capacity to qualify to then go and apply for a lease. So yeah, that makes really good sense. That's a really good option. Okay, well, Sue, wow, that's incredible that copy can make such an impact. Um, After the break, we'll talk more to Sue about how property managers can sell the idea of copywriting to their landlords to maximise their rental property's performance. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm guest host Miriam Sandcooler from Property Mavens and I'm interviewing Sue Langeter from Real Copyright about why real estate companies should be consistent in their corporate copywriting. So Sue, how can a property manager sell the concept of professional copywriting to their landlords? Well, the easiest way is once you've listed a property, just have a, a standard marketing expense built into your um, letting fee. Essentially, 
just tell them it's a one-off cost. If they ever need to advertise again, they've got the copy on file ready to go. Um, our costs are around probably one-third of the current average rental, uh, weekly rental. That's two days of rent, which could pay itself off in just the weekly increase. Imagine jumping from $400 a week for a two-bedroom villa in Carnegie to 600 because your property comes across as something that they just have to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, when you've got properties that have got potential da- uh, challenges to them, or there are some issues or some complexities around it, it's really important to get people to the door looking at the property and then you can explain whatever that might be to prospective um, tenants when they come in the door. Um, So why else is it important for real estate agents to have consistency in their copy between their sales and their rental departments? Well, that's that's the big big elephant in the room. You know, you see... You know, the amazing copy in the sales properties and then you see rental copy saying three-bedroom unit sunny living dining, easy care kitchen, just bullet points with a couple of spelling mistakes. Like there's no heart, there's no emotion to it. There's no reason to live there because it's it's ticking all the boxes, but I'm just not connected to it. I, I, I want to find something more about it. And, you know, the reality is in, on some of those harder to find properties or harder to let out properties, you know, do you want one person to maybe turn up or do you want 30? And if you've got a choice of a bigger bank of, of, of qualified tenants, you know, you'd be better off with those than, you know, hoping for that one who, who he might just not have a pay slip to give or, or something that it's like, oh, do we have to advertise it again? Oh, why? Yeah, you want to attract multiple high-caliber tenants yeah. so it gives you the best choice to get the best tenant in there and hoping they'll be there long-term. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, when you start, it's, it's baffling them with bullshit, not really within reason. If you make it sound really, really good, it's going to detract from the people who go, who go oh, I just can't quite afford that. It sounds too good. Or it sounds... And they don't believe that, they're worthy of it. So make it sound good and you'll get the better tenant. That's great advice. So, so tell me, can they use the old sales copy as rental copy and what are the consequences if they try to do that? Well, that's the thing. Sales copy is written specifically for sales. So it could be the fact that, you know, we might throw in a line about, in, you know, appeals to developers or renovators or we might talk about planning zones or, um, you know, future to do other things to it. You can't just copy and paste because it's appealing to the wrong person. You need to just, you know, get the information that is actually, this is somebody's home. This is going to be somebody where someone's going to live. So you, you can't just pick up from the old and start with the new. It, it, it's a different type of future client. No, that makes sense. So what's the process for you to actually write the copy? How do you go about doing it? Okay, so we, we have two ways. We can go out in person. We can FaceTime the current tenant to get not happening quickly. So, you know, we don't, we can do it anytime. If they aren't going to be home till eight o'clock at night, then guess what? We can FaceTime at that silly time or whatever it is. Um, We really don't like doing it from old sales copy or what you've, the previous rental copy, because, you know, that's where it's lacking and that's why you've used us in the first place. Um, So, yeah, essentially we write the copy, so the day we inspect it, if it's FaceTime or through 
um, us going to the property in person, um, you'll have the copy by nine o'clock tomorrow morning and um, you know you can start advertising for this weekend. That's fantastic, Sue. That all makes sense. So thank you so much, Sue, for giving us, giving us an informed understanding of the importance of copywriting in real estate, especially in this information-hungry world and how agents can or even landlords can get in touch with you. Um, if they want to use your services. Um, okay, so they can check us out on www.realcopyright.com.au. You can contact Jade, who's my um, booking assistant. Her phone number is 59778889. And um, otherwise, you can you know, send an order through to orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thanks. Thank you again, Sue. Now, this is our last episode of Real Estate Right for the 2023 autumn season. We hope to be back in spring for an exciting new season of hot real estate topics. I'm Miriam Sandcourt from Property Mavens Property Advocates. Thank you so much for listening. Real Estate Right is brought to you by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting services. This podcast is produced and written by me, Sue Langada, with the help of our social media expert, Jade Bomanis. We would like to thank Podbean for distributing this podcast, Zoom for the recording, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for our introduction. We would love for you to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or on our website, realestatewrite.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters, and investors get their real estate right. Baby, I'm